Hey, what's up, everybody? So this week we have on Rathina Gomer. Uh, she's been on the past. She was actually our first guest. Talks about her coming back into competition at Top Drift. And we talk a little bit about the Drift League and then just competing overall, her program. Um, and a little bit about next year, how she's doing to prepare. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the Hope you guys show Joe. You know, you know. I remember English in a minute. It's the only language I speak. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. What's up? How are you? Pretty good. Been living, surviving, same. busy. <laughs> same, same, same. Uh, so you decided to make a comeback to pro am this year out of nowhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm surprised still. Uh, you, let's hear more about it. Uh, well, I guess what happened was a little background is an event that I do every year is called LS Fest West. Um, many people know about it. It's LS Fest or LS based, um, event on the West coast hosted by Holly performance and, I've gone every single year since it's been in Vegas, which is, I believe, 2017 was the first year. So this would have been my third year. And I typically go, um, one, because I've always wanted to go to Ellis Fest. That was a bucket list item of mine. And Moto IQ is also the Drift Challenge sponsor. And so I've gone just to be supportive of that and... You know, last year I had told myself, like, I'm not going to focus on drifting. I'm just going to focus on the drift league and, you know, saving for a house and some other things that I had going on. So like being the an adult. one, yeah, adulting, like real yeah. <laughs> adulting. So I told myself, like, OK, if the only event I'm going to do in 2019 is LS Fest. So I had been knowing that for the coming year. So the race car was always just sitting in the garage, not getting any love, um, just chilling. And I think it had been like eight months or something since I had even drifted at all, period. And um, LS Fest was coming up. So I'm like, all right, let me at least take the car out to shake it down um, to drive again. And just so... I don't look like a complete fool all the way in Vegas. And, um, you know, I invited some buddies out to the track and all, you know, just kind of hosted what ended up being a private track day. And a lot of the people that came out there are like media friends, drivers from the drift league. And they had never even seen me drive at all. Like, they didn't even know that I could drive. And I started getting to the point of asking myself, like, can I even drive? Like, I haven't drifted since the Drift League started. So I was, like, second-guessing myself. And I'm like, I'm going to go to this practice day. I'm going to totally suck. Well, I went to did this practice day. And I was like, all right. You know, for and for my standards, probably the best I had ever been. And I'm like, well, that's weird. That's totally unexpected. And, um, not to cut you off, but I can see how that makes sense. I've seen so many people take breaks from anything and then come back and be like better. Right. It's freaking weird because I was like, 
I'm not even practicing, but it's it just goes to show how much of the mental game it is in driving, you know, like how much that plays into it. Yeah. And so I went out, had a blast, and I'm like, God, I I miss driving. So I'm like, all right, well, I got LS Fest, you know, and we'll go do that. I already have that in my budget, so to speak, so it's not too much of a stress. And um, as LS Fest is coming up at the beginning of May, I'm looking at the drivers list and I'm like, oh my gosh, one, they hit 30 drivers registered for the first time ever. It had always been like 20, like Uh on the lower 20 side. So there's a long list. And on that list was some heavy hitters, some big names. So I'm like, calculating like what could hypothetically be a top 16 and i'm like wow like i'm not even gonna qualify this is gonna be this sucks like i was totally psyching myself out and i'm like you know what it's fine like i'm not even really focused on competing anymore so i'm just gonna go and drive so i go i drive and um i end up you know spoiler alert end up qualifying to my surprise, actually, not because I performed poorly, but, you know, I was just, I was psyching myself out with the drivers that were there. I'm like, God, yeah. there's like Brody Goble and Nate Hamilton and, you know, so many, there was a, like a ton of like previous FD drivers there too. And I'm like, this is not going to be a great situation for me. So I qualified, um, and I didn't. And when I did get knocked out, I didn't make a total fool of myself. It was like the car, like the car was what was limiting me. I ended up, um, I was like half the horsepower of the dude yeah. that took it. Who did you, so who'd was, you uh, battle against? Um, oh shoot, his name's slipping my mind. I'm so. Is it the S13? Um, yeah, it was the Masked Motors. Motorsports? Okay, I know who yeah. it is, too. Uh, and I can't um, think of his name. Brody's teammate. Yep. Oh, my gosh, I'm the worst. I can't believe I just forgot his name. Don't worry, um, that makes two of us. Uh, I'm the worst. Yeah, yeah, but he was a killer driver, good dude. Yeah. Um, But he's, like, 800-plus horsepower. I'm, like, 400. So I'm, like, literally losing at this point. I mean, he probably would have beat me even if I had an 800 horsepower car, but yeah, it was just like, at that point I could justify and say like, I didn't even have the car to win. So it's fine. Um, so in that whole thing, it was like, okay, I didn't make a fool of myself. I was able to make like calls for myself on the car, on the setup. Like I was just a lot more confident in what I was doing and asking from my team. And so Mike Kojima um, who was my crew chief for the weekend was kind of like, Hey, Rathina, like you're driving improved a lot. He's like, I think you got something special. I think you should consider competing again. And I have a really special relationship with Mike. You know, I really do look at him like a second father to me. He really takes care of me and guides me and mentors me. And so when he says something like that, I take it very seriously. And I'm like, Coming from Mike, those are big words. Yeah. And so that's when I kind of, I went back to my hotel room and I was like, like, what? Like, should I compete? Like, no, I don't have the money. I don't have the means. Like, I wasn't planning on this. Like, I don't have the time. I'm in the middle of buying a house, like, literally. And I'm like, I can't, this is stupid. Like, this would be the stupidest thing I could ever do. But YOLO, right? 
it, it, I don't even know. So, right. <laughs> so then I, I kind of had the YOLO mentality, but I was being really smart about it. So I, I come back home and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to compete unless, you know, financially I can make it work. Like I can't come out of pocket right now. And I know I can't, I know I can't afford to. And, um, so if I can make it work somehow, if the stars align and everything lines up, I will do it. I'm not going to say no to an opportunity that presents itself, yeah. but I'm not going to go fight for that opportunity because I know it, the timing isn't right. And so uh, without disclosing too many details about too many of my partnerships and contracts, let's just say a lot of things happen very quickly and I was able to get that support to compete. And so I'm like, well, that's crazy. Uh, I wasn't even asking for anything really. And just kind of presented itself. Yeah. It kind of started presenting itself and everything started just lining up and falling into place. And I'm like, all right, I'll do one round. I could do one round of top drift. That's fine. Um, so I, I was like, it's just balcony. It's no big deal. Let's just go have fun. Um, you know, and so then I, I went and competed there and then I qualified for the first time at balcony. And I've done balcony a balcony competition of top drift like four different times over the last several years and this was the first time I had qualified, so I'm like, Oh my gosh and I was like frustrated at myself that I had gotten knocked out by Zach. Even though he's a great driver, I was like, Dude, like I totally still hurts. <laughs> yeah, like I need to go redeem myself and Yeah. And so then that's what led me to do round two and then like wisdom media jumping on board with my program really helped a ton. And so I was like, all right, I guess we're doing the whole season. (laughs) So like, here we are (laughs) competing in pro-am again, totally unplanned, but it's working. So I'm happy. And you've actually qualified at both rounds this season thus far, correct? Yeah, so Horse Thief, I was just talking to... Uh, Isn't that like your kryptonite? Dude, yeah. <laughs> dude, I've had some... Uh, that's a great word for that track because... So Horse Thief uh, 2017, that was the last time I competed... Or that was the last time I drove at Horse Thief prior to round two of this year. And that was like the controversial round for me. That was like where I had a judging call made against me that I didn't agree with and I was very vocal about it. And um, that's actually the event that like kind of snowballed into the creation of the Drift League. So um, because I was a little frustrated with how things were going and I wanted to see changes in some in regards to judging and scoring and things like that. And it wasn't being well received. And it's not necessarily the series fault or anything like that. It was just... There wasn't a lot of buy-in from the drivers either. So, and I was kind of labeled like the crybaby at the time. And so I just, I was very frustrated at that event. Um, and so that was two years ago. And the week prior to that, two years ago in 2017, I had crashed on Horse Thief and broke a bunch of stuff. So I was like, my confidence was like at an all time low. And, um, so this was like my true redemption. I'm like, I'm coming back to horsey. I'm not going to crash. I'm going to qualify. I'm going to do something good. Let's see what happens. And I missed the first day of practice because, um, we're celebrating my boyfriend's birthday and it was, it was 
Father's Day on that Sunday, so my family and I decided to celebrate the day before, and, like, there was just, like, a bunch of stuff going Oh, and then I there was Nitto Auto Enthusiast Day, so I had to go to that for to represent the Drift League. So there was, like, a lot of reasons why I missed practice. So I went into competition at round two, um, only having that morning of practice. And now um, you know how we feel. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. I don't feel, I, I do feel bad for you guys, but in a way it's kind of, it, yeah, no, I feel for you guys. It sucks. And so <laughs> I like go and it's super frustrating because like, I can't, put down one good lap I like cannot put down one good lap at all and I do parts of the track all right like I'm doing like one lap I'll do like initiation great but then miss the first outer or like I'll hit the first inner perfectly and then I'm missing the second outer it's like super frustrating because I like can't put down like what would be considered a qualifying lap and um and I love Taka and Tim and Sean, like the judges at Top Drift, they're super invested in, you know, like giving feedback. So Taco is super frustrated. Like, what are you doing? Where are you looking? I can see where you're looking. You're not looking in the right places. And I'm like, I know, I know, I don't, I don't have enough time. Like, so after practice, before qualifying, he like spends a long time walking me because I asked him, like, walk me through the track, like in, like, how do, where should I be looking? What should I be doing? Tell me what to do. And he walked me through it and I'm like okay I know exactly what I need to do now can I do it and so um I actually like hop on the on a call and I'm talking to my boyfriend and he's all okay Athena, you have the tools <laughs> this is like the best part of this whole weekend he goes you have the tools Taka told you exactly what you need to do he's like so now all you gotta do is be good enough and I was like okay, I could be good enough. He's like, seriously, that's how I got through life. Just be good enough. Don't try to be the best. Don't try to be gangster. Just be good enough. And I was like, huh, I can handle that. I could be good enough. You know, because I'm normally like, oh, okay, I got to like nail this. And I like put too much pressure on myself. And I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to, I could, I could totally be subpar. I could totally be average. I could do that. I can handle that. So going into qualifying I lined up and I wasn't even like an ounce of nervous like nervous I wasn't nervous in the slightest I was like this is just practice I'm just gonna do good enough like I know exactly what I need to do and then I and then I went out and I did it and I like qualified by the skin of my teeth 16th position but I did it it was like right when it mattered I like put down a lap that counted for something and I had it in practice that whole time so it was like the greatest that in itself was the biggest accomplishment for me ever. Cause it was like a mental accomplishment. It was my redemption from round two from 2017. Like it was, it was rad like that we even did it. And it was so funny. I was talking to um, the dudes over at wisdom media about it the other day. Cause they're all, you know, they're, they're taking care of my media and they're hyping me up while I'm there. Cause I'm like, yeah, we're going to get it. We're totally going to qualify. And I'm trying to like, be optimistic for myself and they're like yeah 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 well like they confessed to me they're like honestly we were all shocked (laughs) that you qualified I was like dude me too I had no when they called my name I was like are you guys sure you called my name because and they call 16th place first right yeah okay the first name to be called yeah okay so at least at least you didn't have that um 
that kind of uh what is it i'm looking for the damn word the suspense like i yeah the suspense wasn't there it was like yeah. it was honestly just pure shock. it's like oh it's that like, was short <laughs> Yeah, it was, I, well, I was shocked, like, you even, if you see my face in, like, any of the videos, I'm like, what? Like, totally surprised that my name was called. Yeah. So, Who'd you end up at, uh, like, competing against that oh day? Oh, God. I got masked against Jason Kim, who oh. is the most perfect, I keep con- <laughs> describing him as perfect, because he is, he's, like, the perfect driver like he's super consistent very aggressive never messes up like ever and so i'm like god i'm going against jason this sucks and so um you know when i was following him i had told myself like don't psych myself out don't lose him on the lead like dominate my my position on him and so when i went and we initiated i was on him like i was actually like when when the smoke cleared from initiation, I saw his door right there. I was like, dude, heck yeah. Like, and I was stoked for myself and I was like, I got this. And then I threw too much angle and slowed myself down. And then I lost him. Cause I was just like, so surprised that I like was there. And then I was like, and then I, I lost it and I was like, damn it. Then he, and I caught him again, um, towards the end, but then, at that point, like I didn't maintain a consistent enough proximity throughout the whole track, yeah. Like he did against me, oh, so okay. it was like, dang. So like, he, he as took far that as like win. consistency, like um, because they'll kind of they don't like when you kind of like get in close and then back off and then right. It just looks against this. It was not as fluid. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I could see that. And then there's a new judge. There's two different judges than there were last year. And the previous years. Um, yeah. So, so I know Taka stayed, correct? Correct. Taka's been consistent. Um, and then there's Sean Adriano and Tim Cobb, which they're both Pro 2 drivers. Aren't they both uh, previous championships to champions of Just Drift? Yeah. Yep, they are. Okay. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both are phenomenal drivers. Like, Sean um, got his license... When was it? 2017? I think Tim did last year. I don't know. I'm lost in time. But both, like, really good drivers and good dudes, too. So it's cool, like, having their perspectives. And I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, what is it? Since they're both, you know, younger drivers. Granted, they're, they're veteran drivers. Um, do they give, like, different types of advice? Or is it just all basically doesn't really matter that if they're younger or not? Um, yeah, they get very different. I mean, like Taka, well, I guess, well, Sean, for instance, Sean does a really good job of breaking down the course section by section and talking about like what you should be doing, like with your throttle, what you should be doing, like with your steering wheel and like, the angle you should be pitching your car. Like he's able to give like pretty good advice in that way. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. I get that. And, um, he brings that like fresh perspective from there. Like talk is very old school, but he's so good. Like he understands drifting on this like depth that I couldn't even begin to explain. It's just a very deep understanding of technical driving. And so, Taka then 
is looking at your eyeballs and your hand motions and your footwork and he can like see it from outside of the car and know like he sees micro like corrections in your steering and like knows exactly what you're doing wrong and and so they give very like specific advice tim is kind of more of like a well-rounded judge he just kind of looks at overall impact and that's also important too so they they all balance each other out i feel like it's a pretty good set of judges this year um you know i they're kind of all the way they break it down is like they're all looking at all aspects so it's not like one judge is looking at angle one's looking at style one's looking at line like they're all kind of judging all together which is kind of cool um to see um so it's really you just have to be a plus game the whole time (laughs) yeah yeah well um have you, what did you uh, qualify on round one? It wasn't top. It wasn't sixteenth. It was a little higher, if I'm not mistaken. It was twelfth, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. So how confident are you feeling going into round three slash four, since it's kind of like a double header round, knowing that you're uh, kind of able, you're more consistent now than you've ever been. Yeah, I mean, my goal is to qualify into the top ten, like break into that single digit qualifying position. Um, I did qualify at this track, the the stadium track at round, in 2017. So I know I can do it. Um, but like I, I mean not. I mean to be totally honest, I'm not confident enough in my driving to where I can say like, oh, I know for sure I'm going to qualify. I want I want to work to that point. But like SoCal and Top Drift in particular are a very competitive series. You know, you'll have a a roster with like 30 plus drivers that are just very good. Yeah. And then it's like really, it psychs you out when you watch other drivers drive. Cause then you're like, Oh my gosh, they're more consistent than me. Or like they're more aggressive than me. Or they're filling out the zones better than me. And then I don't know if other drivers are like that, but I'm like that. So I try not to watch too much. Mm-hmm. I'll try to watch specific drivers that I want to like look at and like try to learn something from it but i won't sit and watch practice or qualifying because it's not like a good thing for me I, that's what my spotter's for um, okay so that's kind of like my take so i hope i can qualify <laughs> i i will i'm confident that i will no, Let's no, see no. If that's I good to have the confidence right, i yeah. think uh for someone who's kind of improved on the driving how would you uh describe your driving style to somebody who's never seen you drive Oh, God. Uh, that's a great question. I would say... It's a hard it's, question. <laughs> that's a hard question. I mean, my driving style, it's gotten more aggressive mm-hmm. um, than it used to be, but I'm constantly given the feedback, like, Rathina, you transition so slow. And so that's, like, been my new thing that I've been working on is, like, how to transition snappier and more aggressively. I'm... I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like gangster, mad angle, drift style, but that's the style I'm going after. Yeah. So, because some drivers want like consistent and fluid and smooth. I don't want that. Like, that's not the look I'm going for. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Even though I will say from my, pers- my personal opinions, I think that's probably like a million times harder to do. Yes. Um, but I want nothing to do with that. Yeah, it's 
it's not my cup of tea and like I've gotten better like I'm starting to I'm starting to initiate like more aggressively and like I try to stay away from e-break as much as possible now and like really really focus on clutch work yeah and that's like been a huge improvement to like my aggression on track so like now too like I one thing that I mean it's honestly I'm really just trying to overcome bad habits I picked up when I first started drifting because no one taught me and I just and the style like 10 years ago is so different so it was just like you learned e-brake and like it was just stupid so now I'm trying to undo a lot of bad habits and so like Uh, one real not to cut you off, why would you call those bad habits? Why couldn't that? Why can't that just be a different style as opposed to what um, it, what is quote unquote cool? Because I've seen so many know. comments lately of like, oh, why would you do some lame ass handbrake entry? Like maybe that's just the way some people like to do their entries. Yeah. Okay. So yes and no. I think there are different styles. I guess you could say, but like. Dude, there's no way against, like no way against it. Like, if you're clutch kick initiating like against a wall, like you're gonna be going faster than if you e brake initiate, because you're literally like locking up your brakes and in a way halting some of your motion. It might not be enough to cause a significant decrease in speed, but it's still like an abrupt sort of thing. Versus like if you're clutch kicking, you're bringing shock to the rear wheels, like but you're still on throttle. Yeah. Okay. And I, I I mean, I don't know. And then in my opinion, it just like looks lame to see like the wheels lock up when you e-brake. It just doesn't look as cool. And so, um, yeah, there is different style and I still do like use e-brake. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like totally away from it. And like in the rain, I use e-brake a ton because it's just way easier to control and it's way more predictable in that regard. But like, I don't know, when you clutch kick, you're able, in my opinion, able to like pitch the car really hard, get tons of angle and it just feels better. It feels faster and it looks cooler. I don't know. No, I'm not saying it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just, it's just, I've seen it. I've seen comments online in the past about it. Um, especially like when it comes to like FD, when people are, that's just how they drive. They've been driving like that for years and people always like call people out on it. Like I've seen yeah. people call out, uh, Vaughn Gittin Jr. on it. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about. That guy probably drives just as aggressive, if not more than anybody else in the field. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, like I said, there's there's times for it. And, like, those FD cars, I mean, they're on a different playing field. You know, they're a 1,000 horsepower. And yeah. so it's like maybe they need to use the e-brake because if they don't, like, it's just going to be a bad time. You know, so there's – I think there's methods to the madness on that level. I haven't yet experienced that. And, like, you know, like, for me personally, I rely on e-brake or I was relying on e-brake or trying to overcome relying on e-brake too much to like put me in certain areas of the track when, or like to slow me down when really if you want to be gangster with it, like you want to slow down using angle or like, you know, you want to 
you when you start getting close to a wall, you instead of like dragging e brake, you learn to like put your clutch in and like float you out or float you in and like there's just different techniques that I wasn't even aware of before that I'm like trying to use now and like it's hard to overcome the muscle memory of like relying on the e brake to achieve certain things. So it's all about like how I mean, the goal in drifting is, like, how can I stay on throttle the longest as possible and with as much throttle as possible without spinning or losing, like, momentum or drift or anything? Like, that's essentially what we're doing. So when you're dragging e-brake, you're losing that. Okay. Um, where do you... Where are you currently standing at right now in as far as position goes? Uh, I believe I just posted this. I think I was 13th overall. What is your goal? Um, my goal, it would be cool to finish in the top 10. I would be like totally freaking stoked with that. Okay. I would say that's a good, like that's a goal for me is to be in the, finish in the top 10. And then uh, coming back to season, is there anything different other than your driving do you think that you had um, a good time off, like it was helpful? Yeah, dude. My my mind is, I'm a different person. Like, not even just with drifting, but in my life. Like, I'm a different person than I was two years ago because the last two years were just really rough on me. I was going through a hard one in 2017 with, like, depression and just rebuilding a lot of things in my life. And so 2018 was kind of hitting that reset button and rebuilding stuff for myself and my self-confidence and just a lot, just a lot of different things. And so I think like that break allowed me to come into this season with just like confidence. And even if I didn't qualify or something, it's like, Hey, at least I know, like I'm still good at something. I'm still like achieving something worth mentioning. So I'm proud of myself regardless. So I think taking that pressure off too, because before it was all like, I need to go, I need to be a pro driver, I need to, this is my identity, this is my life. And now it's like, this is just something I kind of want to do for fun right now, so it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, did you, before you had, did you have to like do any major prep for your car before you decided to go back into comp, or was your car just pretty much sitting there ready to go? Um, a little, I would say mechanically the car was pretty sound. I mean, the one thing I added was an oil cooler. Okay. Um, it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, it was like minor stuff. Um, but like safety wise, I did a lot. So, uh, I wanted to practice, like I wanted to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And so with the Drift League, you know, we emphasize safety for our drivers and the tech book and everything. And so a goal of mine was to be able to pass our own tech. And even though I'm not ever going to compete in the Drift League, it was just something like if I'm telling the drivers to do this, I need to do that too. And so I actually took my car to Rome <laughs> and he did my drive shaft hoop and or drive shaft loop, whatever. And anti-wheel intrusion bars, and then um, 
I went in and like properly mounted my harnesses and just like some little were yours wrong too (laughs) oh dude totally wrong and like super sketchy at that like they were my harnesses were like buckled into like the seat bolt and like the bolt where the seat goes into the floor and like I was missing bolts and it was like (laughs) just super sketchy super super sketchy yeah that's one way to do it yeah, it was not good. I would have died. And luckily, I'm still here. And um, now everything on the car is pretty good. Um, and for the most part, past this tech. I do believe I need to fix the angle of my anti-wheel intrusion bars. But outside of that, it's like we're mint. We're, we're good. What's the angle need to be like? Need, need to be straight on? or is um, like From my understanding, full? it needs to be more. It needs to go a little bit more forward. Um, just so in the case that the wheel does come through into the cabin, like my, my, it doesn't break bypass the bar. Right. So right now, I mean, it's, it's unlikely, even if the wheel did come through the cabin that it would even go past that bar, but the angle just needs to be a little bit, it needs to be adjusted to an extent. And since the way my cage was set up, it was hard to get that angle in. So gotcha. we'll, we'll, we'll address it. Um, At a later but date. It's, yeah, it's still there and. I consider it safe at this point. So, I mean, it's a lot safer overall and I passed tech. So we're good. Good. So <laughs> I, I've been wanting to ask you, um, okay. So you're saying that you won't compete in the drift league because of, <laughs> um, it's a damn, say it all the time. Conflict of interest. Okay. So Sean Hardham runs Specty drift series and, but he's mm-hmm. not judging. Like, he's not judging himself when he goes out there. There's times he competes in that he doesn't even qualify. Right. So, what is, um, like, what's your rebuttal on that? Like, what, like, why, is it, are you worried what somebody else is going to say? Like, yeah, I do, I do care what people are going to say for sure. Um, but I just, I love the Drift League so much. I know this sounds so cheesy, but it's like, the series really is my baby. I get that. And like, and I start overthinking things like, cause people are like, well, why don't you just drive in practice? And I'm like, yeah, I could drive in practice, you know, get some seat time at Irwindale. Like that's great for free. But then I, <laughs> yeah, for free, like <laughs> cool. And I, I envy the, the track layout you guys do. And like, you know, there's a lot of elements to it, but then I start thinking like, well, what if I crash? And then I take away from my driver's seat time. What if I'm that reason? Like, you know, and I, I start thinking about them. Like, that's so unfair. To yourself. That's so, to myself, to you guys, no, to the drivers. Like, that's, we all, everyone that goes up and drives knows that anybody can crash hard because, not because right, they're a bad I, driver. I shouldn't be the variable, is what I'm saying. I, I like, get that, but I'm just saying, like, I just don't. You guys are all it. putting yourselves out there. You're paying to drive out there. Like you guys are actually preparing your cars and your programs yeah. to do something. So imagine if like the director of the series just for like fun wants to go out and then. Oh no, I see that. But if, I'm just saying if you were competing, it'd be a completely different story. But if you're saying like, yeah, I'm just going out there for practice and I, you know, shove I it in the wall. I just don't want any room for like, I don't when with the drift league, like I'm, you just don't want to give I'm anybody very, the opportunity to have something to say negative. Right. Like I'm okay. just not, I'm that. not a, I'm a very black and white person when it comes to that series. Uh-huh. And so like any time I get pushed back from anyone regarding anything, 
with the Drift League, I always put it back on them and I say, I'm okay doing anything. Like, I'm, I'm not about... I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, this is the rule because I say it is. It's like, no, I like to do what's best. But if we're going to do something, we need to be able to, like, fully defend and, like, stand on what we're saying we're going to do. And so if there's a gray area thing, like, oh, well, you know, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm very, like, by the book. And so I just feel like I have too good of a rapport with the judges like I sit in the judging tower with them I understand the conversations that are there I'm like way too involved for it to be like like there's there's no way I could have that separation and I'm like the face of the series too so it just it doesn't sit well with me even if like even if everyone even if we took a poll and a hundred percent of people said Rathina, it's fine if you compete. Like, I still don't think I would. It just doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't feel right. So. No, I was just curious. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any, are, are there going to be any, like, uh, major changes for next year as far as, like, safety and tech goes? Because the rumor is uh, FD wants Pro-Am to run Hans, a Hans device. <laughs> no, it's just uh... good to know and, like, just get people prepared for it. You know, it's not necessarily... Those are conversations, like, we're going to start having with our okay. tech team. Like, I'm, I'm we always in getting one to, anyways. It's just... Yeah, I mean, we should. Like, that is good to have. Like, if people have a Hans, we recommend Hans. Like, in our tech, in our rule book, it says Hans device recommended. And so, we recommend it. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. I'd like to talk... I mean, those are conversations we have with our team on, like, hey, what are we implementing next year? Let's give our drivers enough time to to do that. Yeah, because those um, things are, like, 500 bucks. So... Yeah, but I don't I don't think we have any major t- changes to our, our tech guidelines because we have already have such strict tech guidelines that anything at this point is going to be pretty minor. Yeah, but Outside you guys is like relatively close to like a Pro Two rulebook as far as safety and car build is concerned. Um, yeah, we're we're super close to it. I know um, that there's they they're they're a little lenient on some things as long as it's not like a major competitive advantage. Correct. Yeah. So um, we do give leniency, but like the Pro Am series across the country, um, we all came to an agreement on a universal Pro Am rulebook, like tech guidelines, and we so we brought that up on our first episode. Yeah, it's it's done and like US Drift and I think East Ten, I think they're implementing it at this point. Next year um, I had I had him Louis? Louis? I had him on. Yeah, Louis Garza. Yeah, Louis Garza. Yeah, there he's um so they're I believe implementing it already. And now they have like, you know, the shootouts and things like those type of events and so I know that I believe they are implementing it on those um, events as well. So we're supposed to be collectively implementing it next year. I know that not everyone has bought into that idea, and I'm not sure what Formula Drift's plans are, um, like what their involvement in implementing that is either. Like, it was more of like, hey, us on the pro-am level this is what we're agreeing to i don't know that fd has said like this is what you guys need to abide to if that makes sense so um oh so like fd isn't being like you know the discipline disciplinary dad and being like hey you guys have to do this 
I mean, I'd like to see that. I no, I, I agree. vote for that. I vote for that to happen. I just don't know that that. I don't know that that's the case. I just think and it I would get Pro Two drivers ready for like that that uniformity that they're expecting of you when you get there. Yeah, I mean, it's, my opinions change not change, but I see so many sides to all of it. Like, you know, it it's like, well, let's not put this mandate on the drivers now. You know, like they need to focus on their driving or their programs or their travel, and like, you know, like there's so many sides of this argument and i'm like i see it all so there's not like a one size fits all solution yeah but i do think like it would be nice i personally would like to see like a universal like the rule book that we all created i'd like to see it like mandated by fd i'd like to see that so and that's and that's not out of the question it is a possibility it's just kind of up to fd yeah okay it's just a conversation to be had and see where everyone lies on it. You know, it's, we all have to work together and all come to an agreement on things and what works for us in SoCal might not work for the folks in Texas or on the East coast or in the Midwest. Like every region has its own set of, you know, issues or benefits or, you know, it's not the same across the country and so we all run into different challenges so we have to be mindful of that and like work together on that so yeah i, I don't know we'll see <laughs> we'll see where it all goes no i was just curious because it, it's just kind of hearsay right now and it's you know it's going around everywhere and everyone just kind of like curious about it so but there's, since yeah. there's like no definitive answer it's still up in the air i know that like han's device is probably gonna go through though it just makes sense Especially, yeah. like, doing the speeds that we do at uh, Irwindale. Yep. Um, I agree. I agree with it. So, and then even the speeds at um, at Just Drift, like, that's, like, yeah, Horse I mean, Thief isn't we, necessarily a slow track. It's not. And, like, I mean, anything can happen anywhere. I, people always say, like, oh, it's just Balcony or it's just Grange or Apple Valley Speed Bear. It's just. You know, and I'm like, it's just nothing. Like, we're at a racetrack, regardless of how fast or slow. Like, you can die going 40 miles per hour on the street. Yep. Like, you know, it's not... I under, I understand that it's not probable, but it's still possible. But do you want to be the reason that that rule exists? Right. Like, like I don't yeah. want to be that way. Yeah. And, like, from an event organizer's perspective now, like, we're always thinking of the... We're always thinking of worst case scenario. We're always thinking about like somebody dying or getting hurt under our watch like that would be the most awful thing not even just out of fear of being sued or anything like that it's just like we want to keep people safe like that would really really be awful if someone got hurt and so we that's why we're strict about these things and if we're like intentionally choosing to put ourselves at risk by drifting at a track at high speeds and doing unnatural things with our cars then like we should minimize the variables that could potentially cause us harm. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, uh, but everyone will, will always kind of have uh, a complaint. So to, for lack of a better word, um, there, somebody's always going to complain about something. Yeah. Like, now we have sure. to have Hans devices. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, sorry. Sorry. We're not trying to have, you know, Reduce the um, rate of, not rate, reduce the opportunity to break your neck. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, eventually people get used to it. Like, six, 
six years ago, people were crying when like actual roll cages were mandated. Like that was a big deal. Before it was like no cage or like bolt-in cages, you know, and it was yeah. like that was fine. And now it's like, of course, now that's today that's not fine, and people are now used to it and over it. So that's it all comes that's in that, waves. Okay, that I can see that. It's, it's just gonna take that for people to just get over it. Um, yeah. So with the Drift League, do you guys plan on doing a different layout every time? <laughs> I know that round four is typically you you're gonna run. I I assume you're gonna run the um, the FD Ir- Irwindale layout. Yeah, and I then, think that's gonna always be the round four layout. Um, and then you can juggle the other ones that you guys have made in the past. Yeah, I don't even think we have a strategy necessarily to change it up. Like. I'm not opposed to reusing old layouts, but we also don't want to like not take advantage of the space we have at that track. Like there's so much we can do. Can you guys think you can do um, a long beach layout? Is there room? Yeah. So I've been told that it's possible. Uh I just don't know how that would look. Um, Jeff Jones is really good at like making stuff like that come to reality. I mean, oh, when we were, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this... yeah, like when we were talking about potentially doing the FD Atlanta layout, you know, we were all talking about it, and Jeff was the one that really pushed for it. And then he was competing at FD Atlanta like prior to our event, and he like went out and walked the track and like physically counted the number of footsteps like from section to section and like reported back and then went back to Irwindale on like an off day and then tested out the track and like, or like made a mock layout. He's like super invested in like having it be a good experience for the drivers. That's why when everyone was like crying about the layout. No, 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 that was me. Uh, Nobody else actually said anything about it. (laughs) I it bitched. was you. It was me. I said, I was like, this looks stupid. And then I it drove was- it. And I'm not going to lie. It was, pro- it was, it was a really great layout. Um, <laughs> I didn't, obviously I couldn't drive it. Cause my, I just, I wasn't ready. I shouldn't have been out there regardless. Um, but it was actually a really fun layout. It was kind of weird. I was so jealous. We were all like all the judges and myself. It was a little watching. weird we're though. Like, Dang. It was a little weird though. Um, doing like just getting your speed up. Because you know how you see you see um, Atlanta, and you, mm-hmm. you carry a lot of speed. Well, this one wasn't an e-brake entry type of you know carrying right. a lot of speed slowing down. This one, you know, you still had to carry speed into your entry. So uh, yeah, from no, that perspective, it was different. It was like you had to, we had to adapt the layout. Of course, it wasn't an exact replica. Not gonna lie, yeah. I liked it. If it, I hope you guys do it again next year. Um, yeah, everyone loved season. it. And, yeah, the, and it looked great it. from the fans' perspective, too. Like, it was really exciting to watch. And so I'm like, this was a cool layout. I'm glad we went for it. And it wasn't just you that complained. Like, you might have been the only one that commented on the post, but there was tons of other drivers complaining to me. Like, They'll get over it. <laughs> I always... <laughs> people come to me with lots of complaints every every time. And that's why I always tell people I'm like it's okay to not be okay with something but just like offer a suggestion for improvement if you're yeah, going to complain if not you're crying you're just crying correct yeah thanks <laughs> just like you gerald is crying nope that's 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 what i got from that meeting i was like oh she means me and then my girlfriend was sitting right next to me she goes hey that's you 
No, it honestly wasn't even directed. It's so funny because a lot of people like in the drift league, they'll come up to me and be like, hey, Ruthie, I'm really sorry about this, this and this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, you addressed this in this meeting. And like, I did that. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah. like, you're not like the only person that does that. I, I have to manage, you know, like, if you think about it, managing like 25 drivers plus their teams, then I'm managing like 30 to 40 media people. Then it's like the sponsors and their people. So it's like I'm literally dealing with hundreds of people on the day of. So when I'm like addressing people as a group, it really is like I'm just bringing up things that become burdensome in, a, you know, by numbers. It's like if one it's I'm never I usually don't address things in drivers meeting unless it's like five drivers have said something about it or something and i'm like oh my gotcha. god this has to be addressed because i can't stand listening to this anymore <laughs> no the only reason i didn't like but like i said like the the initial entry is this it's just kind of like what is it my uh not my expectations my i can't even think of the damn word and it what i thought it was gonna be which is why i was kind of like I was so conflicted on it was because this the entry it's like you know you're used to having the way you see atlanta you're gonna you're gonna be trying to get you're trying to um slow down when you hit that first corner and it was completely different so but once you did it 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 was kind of figured out and i'm still bothered because i can't figure out the word i was trying to use my perception of it my perception right and then but i'm glad it it worked out i really liked it and i i really hope you guys do that layout again next year yeah i hope so too and i would say maybe not i don't know however you guys are gonna do it but th- I, that's not even a bad like first uh round one layout right i mean it's like it doesn't use utilize big bank and it keeps you guys off the wall yeah so and, it, it's like, and your speed is only built up like on the inside like before right. like in and out of the keyhole Mm-hmm. so i liked it do it again please um <laughs> secondly i what i would do want to touch base on is it, you've kind of touched base on a little bit on your instagram um your 2020 season and what you guys are planning and how much you can actually talk about it and you know what are you doing to prepare for that for my own personal program oh no there's you there's there's a couple people involved oh <laughs> yeah so uh, i've par- recently partnered up and with brianna lynch Okay. And for those that don't know her, she's like a badass stunt woman. Um, you know, she's been in the Hollywood and stunt industry for quite some time, her and her dad. Um, and she recently, well, not recently, last few years, been getting more involved in drifting. And I, she's been a friend of mine for the last three or four years. And sweet girl, you know, love her to pieces. And she's, it's been cool to see her driving improve over the years like in drifting like she's always been a talented driver but to see her drifting improve and um to see her get way more involved and to see her even want to get more involved in drifting has been really cool so um she's been my spotter for this season and we're like dude it only makes sense like why don't we start driving more together and like really make waves and start being like leaders for other women in the drift scene and show like, Hey, we can work together. Not, it doesn't have to be like me versus her. It's, it's us kind of thing. And so, and it's cool because like 
we're both drivers that like care about being really good. Like we want, she's very hard on herself. Like she's always pushing the limits and always trying to improve her driving. And she's never complacent and neither am I. And so it just, again, it just made sense. So um, hopefully everything with my program lines up and I'm able to still compete in 2020, but she's definitely hopping into 2020 um, pro-am. And so I'm excited to see like where it all goes. And, you know, we both have wisdom media on board doing our media, which has been like such a crazy experience because they have such a great style of content. I love it. It's very like cinematic. I love it. Actually, Yeah. It's cinematic. And they like tell a really good story, you know, like they keep it interesting. They keep it funny and relevant. And so I, I really appreciate that about what they bring to the table. So it's a lot of like exciting stuff going on. And you know, uh, one thing I want to ask you is: this isn't this isn't just for me because I'm pretty sure people who are just getting into this are kind of curious about it too. Um, what do you do prepare for your next season? Like, let's say right now, what are you doing to prepare for your next season? Are you sending proposals out? Um, are you talking to companies trying to get them on board for next year? Are you using this year as kind of like your segue into? You're like, hey, this is where I'm at this year, and I'm hoping to do better. Uh, yeah. Do you use that? Um, is that something? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a mix of everything. So I, I, I do well in the sense of I keep in constant contact, like with my sponsors, like Martin from Milestar. I talk to you, if not weekly, several times a week, you know, sure. The nature of our, our partnership is different. Like we talk regularly, um, you not know, only because of the drift league. But, like, with just even my personal program, Correct. you know, like, I'm always checking in and, like, seeing what I can do for them and the brand and, you know, for him. And same with, obviously, with Moto IQ, they're one of my bigger sponsors. And, like, you know, I, I'm integrated with them, too. So I'm talking to them regularly. And um, Wisdom Media, you know, I talk to Dave almost every single day of, like, hey, these are our ideas. These are, this is what we're going to do. This is what we should be doing next year. Like, we're constantly like planning our next move. And then like I have, you know, some of my other sponsors, like just going down the list, like KBD, I have a really good relationship with the owners. We might not talk every day, but I talk to them at least once a month. I'm constantly touching base. I'll go by and just visit them and bring them like ice cream. I mean, these are just, and I'm not doing it to like kiss ass. It's literally like. It's a token of your appreciation. Yeah, I appreciate them. And I, I genuinely like the people I work with and work for. You know, it's, uh, you know, a, new, a very new sponsor of mine, Z1 Performance. Great company. I've used their parts before, um, but, you know, we're developing a, a relationship with them. And, you know, I'm enga- we engage each other on social media often. And, like, now it's, like, emails more frequently and touching base more frequently. Hold Fast USA, you know, Micah, good friend of mine. And you know, been on that team for years. And so we touch base often ACT. Like I'm just going on a list of like, Hey, I talk to these sponsors like frequently. So that's like a really important part. It is relationship building and it's not with the intention of getting anything out of it because like, like KBD, for instance, like I, I worked with them. They were my title sponsor in 2017 and then in 2018, like, 
I decided like, I, Hey, I'm not competing. And I even told them like, Hey guys, I kept in contact with them. Like, I don't, I'm not planning to compete this year. I still love you guys. I still love the brand. I believe in it. And I want to like represent it however I can. And so when I put on the new livery, I had their sticker. We didn't even have an agreement. I just wanted to represent them because I care, you know, that relationship was important to me. And so they see that they like that. Um, so it's, it's not even that I'm like, oh, it's just SEMA that I'm preparing for just next year. It's like constant. Like you have to constantly build those relationships and build friendships out of it. And, um, you know, I, I am using this year. Like it makes it easier to like put out the ask for sponsorships. Like, you know, Z1 I can hit up and say, and this was like literally how I approached them was like, Hey guys, I, at round one, I was running some wonky suspension components and I, I literally lost a camber arm on track. Like I don't know where it went. I snapped it. I broke it. I lost it. I'd like to not have to worry about that when I'm competing. I'd like to run like legitimate parts I can trust. And I already run your guys' stuff. I already like you guys. So can we work together? Can we formalize something? And it was like, yeah, of course, you know, and they, I have now I'm going to be running their, you know, their suspension components and yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, and I have spares of everything now. So it's like, wow, thank you. Like they saw what I was doing. They believed in it and I believe in their product. So it it goes both ways. So, um, that's just kind of even part shop max, you know, like they're, they're never, they've never even necessarily been like a formal sponsor, but I've always developed a relationship with them and have been for the last three, four years. Mm -hmm. And so like, they support me too. And so it's just, it's just a matter of like constant communication. Like you can't just like hit up a sponsor, send them a sponsorship proposal and then like expect something from it. Like they got to like you too. They got to want to work with you. And I don't know. I like doing business with people I like. And that's why that's a huge, that's huge for me. So I'll like if a if a company hits me up and offers to give me product, if I don't like that person, don't vibe with them, I'll say no. Like I've said no to so many sponsorships because I don't like jive with the branding or like the people or the product. So Okay, I can I respect that. Um I think some people are kind of like willing to do anything for something Nah, man, like you can't whore yourself out for this. You no, no, I, 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 you know what I mean? Like you got to stay true to yourself and yeah, like your values. That's and something so I say like, a lot. Like on here is like, I don't want to be like, I know who I am. I know my personality and it's not for everybody. I don't right. want to have to change anything about, you, you know, shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't change anything. I want to be myself. Because the right, the right people will come. Correct. And that, I, I and believe in that. That's, that's my belief. You know, like, People that follow me on Instagram, right? I get this all the time. I get people telling me like, oh, Arthur, you're too emotional. Or you you go on these long rants. Or you, your captions are too long. Yeah, but that's like, a personal thing of you being like a writer. Like, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I like writing. There's I'm nothing wrong with it. I, you know. Right. But that's that's me, right? Don't read them. That's em. also, that's like, <laughs> exactly. But that's just totally me. Like, I'm yeah. generally a more emotional person. I'm okay with that. I, I don't mind that part of myself. You're like, I'm it sorry doesn't that it bother me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'm sorry it bothers you. I'm sorry that you're making me feel bad. You're trying to make me feel bad about it. I'm not going to change anything. I'm still like, and it's funny because I, 
work in marketing, I understand the rules of social media and I understand what I put on my page isn't always going to work or be popular. I don't yeah. do it with that intention. It's just what it's just me. It's who I am. Well, you could also reach out to that one person who needed to read that. So right. I'm not there's sh- 20, so I'll never there's shit on you for that. Of, there's dozens of people that message me thanking me for this. And it's yep. all private. I don't need to boast about it. I just do what I do. And I do it because mm. I want to do it. And that's it. That's, that's the name of the game. And so, so I be strongly yourself believe, at the end of the day. Yeah, be myself. I want to be able to sleep at night. I don't want to think like I was a sellout for anyone. And so it's like the companies, the people, the fans... They all come, like the right ones. The ones that belong there will stay there. The ones that don't belong there won't be there. It's fine. It all works out in the end of it. Just be your freaking self. That's I, it. I agree. Uh, but to to, to kind of move on from that, uh, there's something I wanted to ask you about, like your car setup. Like, what are you doing to change? Are you changing your car setup? Or are you just kind of driving through it? Um, are you constantly <laughs> making adjustments and stuff like that? Like, I'm not asking for your... Your damn you know, uh, alignment no. setup. But, like, you know, what are you doing as far as car setup? Are you changing anything? Uh, I was changing it a lot, and I finally kind of found something that works. Okay. Um, and then it's a lot of Mike Kojima input, too, like, that, based that, on what I provide him, like, based on, like, that. this feels good or this doesn't, then he makes adjust- adjustments. And so a lot of it is, like, making sure the alignment is correct and right. Um. So, I mean, I feel like once my alignment was good, like almost everything else was easy to adapt to. Um, Yeah, there's not tons of setup changes I've been making, to be honest. It's been a very consistent car lately, and I'm happy with it. That's good. And then having someone like Mike uh, as like a suspension wizard... (laughs) <laughs> he really is and it but there's yeah. so many people who are and they all have so much different input it's like i don't know it's like who do you listen to do you just go with one and figure out how to drive their setup or do you figure yeah, out your own so it's, i kind of just listen to mike and the reason why i say no, that I, is because that, yeah like i i didn't used to i would listen to everyone and try everything and then like i was wasting my time and, like, there were people that are very qualified that could give me good feedback. But kind of what I do now is, like, when I have lots of different feedback, I kind of I try to I try to dissect things on my own. So, like, the great thing about Moto IQ is, like, they don't make me just, like, codependent on them. They try to, like, teach me, too, so I could try to make good decisions for myself. And so... Are you learning from your setups, though? Are you learning, like... Hey, yeah, if I do this, I, I did. This is wrong, or it's yes, not working for I, me. I've been my, starting okay. to learn a little bit. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like an expert. I no, wouldn't trust I myself to like even give anyone else advice. But I've been able now to be more in sync with my car with changes. So when changes are made on sus- suspension cha- like settings, I now know how that makes my car react and what I like and don't like, or how it could help in certain ways and certain track layouts and things like that. So I have been a little bit more empathetic, mechanically empathetic, I guess you could say in that regard. Um, so it does help, you know, having, having Mike like walk me through those things. Um, but then like now what I'll do is like, I won't just tell Mike like, Hey, you do it. I'll go on with my day. Like he'll adjust things and then ask for my feedback And then 
I'll tell him like, no, go back or like, don't do that. Like I didn't like that. So it's like, I'm now we're kind of like working together to develop how the car should feel. Like that's what he does with die. That's why being able to like have the correct like communication is really important because the driver needs to understand how to give back feedback too. And sometimes I don't know how to properly do it. Um, but I'm, I've been getting better at it. That's good. Uh, yeah. just, I just was curious if you were kind of learning from that or if you're just kind of uh, hoping that. Cause that some people, I, there's FD drivers that do it. They're just like, I just kind of hope this guy tells me what to do and I do it. Yeah. I mean, the ideal situation for me would be to like hop in a car that just works and then I don't have to worry about anything. But that's not real life. And what are you point. learning from that if that is what? If that is I don't know. I mean, maybe you're not learning. I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, I've never... A lot of people, like, put an emphasis on, like, credibility based on, like, if you can drive and you know how to work on a car. And it's, like, crazy to me because I got into cars because I like driving. I didn't grow up mechanically sound. I hate working on cars. I still hate working on cars. I only want to drive. I... I... I've taught, I've learned things mechanically out of necessity, but not out of like my care to learn for it. So it's like, I only learn things because it will help me get on track faster so I can drive. Like I'm a driver through and through. I just like driving. (laughs) Okay. That's, that's fine. Like I I don't, I don't knock anybody who does. Um, Yeah. I like, I kind of enjoy building the car and working on it. I do Here's what I don't like. I don't like fixing the car. Like, building the car and fixing a car are two completely different things. And everyone knows it. And one sucks and one doesn't. Right. Or one sucks more than the other. I wish I liked building cars. I wish that was a desire of mine. It's just not. I, like, freaking hate it. I just wish someone would give me a car and I could go drive it. That would be ideal... No, but I don't even find enjoyment in like the building process. I'm like, eh. <laughs> that's 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 fair. It it can be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, just to get into just you know you being a woman in a male dominated sport, um, what's what's like the best advice you can give anyone who's considering jumping into this sport? you know, from a, a female perspective, like who wants to do it, but is just kind of like hesitant because, you know, they're worried about whatever the hell they're worried about. Even though it's 2019, people still have a conscience for some reason. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, one phrase that I always tell people, women, men, anybody that's like anxious or worried or afraid of trying something is like, just dive in seriously like dive in because there's never going to be a right time like the stars are never going to align it's always like the only way you can really overcome that anxiety or that fear is like trying and do what you got to do to make it happen like if if you know if you don't want to drive in front of and this is it's funny because I no guy that I really know I mean this might be an experience of men in drifting but I don't know it to be is like Girls are very afraid at first to drive in front of other people or have other people watch them drift, like when they're learning. And so I don't, I don't think that's a has anything to do with um, 
you being male or female. I, I don't. Well, maybe, and maybe if guys do experience it, they don't vocalize it. And, and here's, and here's the thing. Like I, I, when I first learned how to drift and was learning, I didn't drive an event for a year, a whole entire year before I drove in front of people. And oh, like, like you were just like street sharking? No, I went to the track. I was doing test and tune at Willow Springs for an entire year. I would go oh, okay. like every couple weeks. Okay. And um, I just, yeah, I, I didn't want anyone to see me. And like, I meet so many other women that are like, I'm embarrassed or like, they like compare themselves and I am guilty of this. They compare themselves oh, to people the that have been drifting for like, do. I hate when people compare me to somebody else. I get fucking mad. Like, sorry to curse, but it really pisses me off. Yeah. It's like you, you start comparing yourself to people that are like yeah. way better than you. And then you start like self-sabotaging. That's like, so oh, damaging to yourself. Yeah. It's like, I Don't suck or blah, blah, blah. Like I remember I was going through that, um, in 2017, that was like a big part of my mental game that I was psyching myself out was Dom. Dom Martinez, a 15-year-old kid that was like dominating everything. Killing it. Yeah, he, I remember. Yeah, like I kept thinking like, dude, this kid's only been drifting like less than a year. Like, or, like a week a year. and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was like barely. And I'm like, I've been drifting for like six years and I like can't even qualify. Like what's wrong with me? And I kept like comparing myself to him even at that level at that stage of the game and i'm like that's so like unfair to myself because you know i don't know his situation i don't know like my his life my life is two totally different things his learning style my learning style is two totally different things like i don't know like you can't come you just shouldn't be comparing yourself to anyone like there's but no anyone point. but yourself if you expect better of yourself do so but don't be like, oh, I'm not better than fucking Jesus. Or, I, I yeah, know I said Jesus, like but... I stop. I kind of stopped doing that. I think that yeah. was part of like me overcoming a lot of stuff. It was more of like, I just want to be better than I was yesterday. Like I'm just comparing myself to myself. Like I just want yep. progress, and that's that's the goal. And if you're not progressing, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you're you suck. No, I know. I'm just kidding. But like, no, for for women that are looking to get into it, it's like just dive in, go for it. And, you know, try to find people that will genuinely encourage and support you. Cause it can be a little lonely or cutthroat, not all the time, but it can be with the wrong crowd. So if you find like a supportive community of people or like even just one person, I think that's really helpful. Um, and don't be afraid to fail. That's like a big thing. It's like, don't be afraid to fail. If you Keep spinning out. That's okay. I At least you're getting the, the car biggest, sideways. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, dude. Like when you're trying to learn something, it's like spit. Like it's just you're going to fail. It's going to happen. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Know that it's going to happen, and know that you will overcome it at some point. That's okay. That's just a part of the journey. You know, it's and it's cool because when you do overcome it, then you have like way more insight than you did prior to that you have way more like technical skill and knowledge so it's actually a good thing to overcome failure if you just stop right there then you've learned nothing and so it's like don't be afraid to fail don't be afraid to look like a fool don't be afraid to you know understeer and like go off into the dirt or like don't be afraid to spin out a million and ten times like i have splat flat spots all over my tires from spinning out all the time i still spin out all the time in practice because I'm trying to push myself. 
I'm trying to do something. I'm not trying to do the same line over and over and over again. I'm trying to like do you, something new. Are you driving harder and harder every lap? Try to. You know, and that's a good perspective I got too. Like in practice, um, the advice that was given to me was practice at 110%. So when you go into qualifying, you could dial it back to 80 and you're fine. Yeah. You know, like, and I started, I, I, I don't know why I never thought about it that way, but I just started thinking about that a few weeks ago, and I was like, that's genius. I'm going to just practice as hard as I can. That's the point. You know, and and go out there, and you're going to be, like, aggressive. You're going to be gangster. You're going to look good. You're going to feel good. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers but, crossed. Knock on wood. I know, right? But uh, I think with that, I think, we covered a lot. Uh, I think I'm going to end it here. If there's anything you'd like to add, please do so now. Um, well, not really. Thanks for having me. Thanks and for if coming you guys... on. Uh, I think it's good for the community that you come on, especially with as big of a, as much as you may think you are, you're, you're a bigger influence to a lot of people who, um, male and women alike. Man, Thank you. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and I'm I'm happy to come on anytime. I know I was on in the beginning, so I appreciate you inviting me back on. Um, and I'm excited to see the podcast grow and the drift community grow, and excited to drive with you hopefully soon. Oh, I'll, I'm probably gonna be at round four, uh, unless depending on finances, because I want to get like a lot of seat time as much as I can until next year. I hear you. So if I, I can do ya. round four, I will. If not, I'm definitely going to do like All-Star Bash, because I really, really, really want to do Streets of Willow. We might have another Drift series that you can compete in. Just going to put that out there. Another one? How many fucking many are there going to be? It's not going to be a licensing series. That's cool. I can live with that. I it's going to be like a street league, maybe called the Drift League Light. Don't oh, quote that's me funny on it. because does, does that mean that your car has to come with the engine that it came with from factory? Because I know mine does. Stay tuned. Stay <laughs> tuned for details. No, that'd be dope. I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, dates, dates are actually already set. We're just waiting to announce things this week. Yeet. Is <laughs> or that, next week. That's going to be for next year, I assume, correct? Uh, actually, no. What? We're starting in August. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned Y'all for details. Knees. All right, then. Thank you again, Rathina. You have a good night. Yep. Thanks, Gerald. Have a good night. All right, bye.